Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast with me Hannah. Ah, This is our final episode of the year of December. Um, and actually I'm, I'm really excited to share this one with you because I had such a fab conversation with Alison. Um, so for regular listeners, you'll know there are a few things I love to talk about. Um, I love to talk about our relationship with ourselves, self-care, self-worth, and that's honestly something that I'm still in an ongoing journey with for myself. Um, but I think it's, it's so important how we feel about ourselves really does shape the way that we view the world, the way that we interpret things, our relationship with others. Um, And and self-worth is something for myself. I've gone from really low, having basically none, (laughs) to this, um, yeah, a journey to really repair that. And it's still ongoing. I think possibly throughout life, it's it's an ongoing process. But I think this is just a really nice way to round out what has been for a lot of us a really tough, tough year Um, when, you know, obviously we all have our our own unique situations, but lots of the things that maybe we feel a part of who we are may have been more difficult to do or that we've not been able to do, whether it's your hobbies or being social or traveling or your work or whatever it is, it's been it's been a year. (laughs) So I think this is a really great time to really tap into worthiness and really thinking about how you feel about yourself. I think it's a, yeah, a great place to end the year and to, to start for kind of thinking about a new year. So let's just dive straight into this conversation with Alison and I'll speak to you super quickly afterwards. Hi everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome Alison to the podcast this week. So Alison, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be fab. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I just love being on people's podcasts and I'm super excited to be here talking with you. So I live on the West Coast of Canada, Vancouver Island, and I've been here for like 31 years. So it's, I guess it's home now. And I do a lot of work around worthiness. I started my own house painting company when I was 30 years old, my boyfriend had just died from, he was an addict. And so it was sort of dealing with all of that stuff that goes along that way. I was a single mom, uh, didn't have any food in the cupboards. And I just thought, oh, I should start my own company. And on a wing and a prayer, I made it happen. And um, it's been just this really tremendous journey of being able to take responsibility for my own choices to pull myself out of a really, really ugly relationship, an ugly situation, huge amount of debts, a huge for me at the time. And to build this life where I get to travel and be responsible for my choices and really understand that level of true empowerment. Awesome. And and it sounds like a, a really difficult time that sort of birthed, uh, birthed that company. Um, and you said a lot about responsibility in there is that something that you think is quite key to being able to create this this kind of life that we want or uh, a really fulfilled life absolutely i think accountability that personal peace is massive i think that is the thing that helps us grow helps us build helps us create and follow those dreams and goals and all of those kind of things we set up for ourselves but i do see a diminishing amount of that and an increase in victimhood and in personal empowerment that connecting with your responsibility that owning your own happiness owning your choices owning that that part of your life will actually take you on a path that brings you health and happiness and allows you to own your life but the reverse of that because there's always a double-edged sword the reverse of that is that victimhood it's not my fault if only they would do this then i could be happy why do they hate me so much? If they liked me, if they weren't such jerks, then I could be better at my job. And so there's all of that stuff. And God knows I spent a lot of time living in that. If my boyfriend would stop doing drugs, then life would be okay. 
right? If, if people would start buying my stuff, then I would be okay. I had to get to that place, place where I understood that I was okay regardless. And once I got to that place, my life just got so much more happy and successful. Amazing. And, and I'd, I'd love to get more into that in a moment. But I guess um, that idea of, of people falling into victimhood, um, just to put you on the spot, why do you think that is? Why do you think that so many people can kind of go to that, that place of it's everyone else's uh, fault or it's, uh, it's just happening to me, I can't do anything? Why do you think um, that is? Well, <laughs> that's an excellent question. And it's a, it's a huge question, huge. Um, for a few reasons, I think this happens. Let me clarify first, victimization is real. Bad things are going to happen to us. And as a result, we are going to feel like a victim totally legit. The challenge comes was when we pitch a tent in victimhood and decide that is where we're spending all of our time and our energy and we're going to trauma share with people. That is the spot I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that legitimate victim space that we need to work through. And so when people now move into this victimhood, um, it's it's perceived as being easier. And on some levels it is. It's easier if you can just say, this is your fault. You need to fix this. We're in a bad marriage because you're not doing this right. Right? It's a lot more work to go, I am in a dance with you in this marriage or work environment or child, whatever the situation is. It's a lot more work to go, oh, I'm in this dance with you. And what is my part? How am I contributing to this situation? There is a level of responsibility that goes along with that that can be very daunting because we think if we say, I did this, and let's be clear, this is not about owning their part in it. It's only about owning your part. Um, when we say, I, you know, I brought this baggage into this situation and I'm taking responsibility for that. That has caused me to behave this way. I'm going to start making different choices. We think we are going to lose power because we are so accustomed to going, oh, well, Hannah, this is all your fault and you need to apologize to me. Then um, we, we feel powerful. We feel like we have worth in that moment. And we think if we say, oh, hey, Hannah, like, I, I can see how maybe when I was doing this and this and this, it created the situation. How do we fix this? How can I go through things differently with you? That is actually a more powerful place because it builds our internal worth. And yet we have this story in our head that we are going to lose something if we admit, for lack of a better word, fault. It's the thing that popped into my head, which is probably a really random thing when I was learning to drive. And, um, you know, when you've got, um, cars parked and there's only space for one car to come through and some people are like right I'm going to get through and I'm going to um, and my driving instructor always said to me the one that holds back they control the situation so rather than just I'm going to force my way through by having that sort of slightly more removed and being able to observe it more and not be as attached you're actually in control of that situation and so my brain obviously was like that's <laughs> it's kind of like this that rather than it, it's you it's whatever actually going yeah okay this is my part in it but how can we kind of move forward to me that feels like that hanging back and kind of controlling the situation in a more kind of calm way I guess yeah it's just, I love that I love it I might steal it um that <laughs> um but because it's totally that taking that step creating that space between what is happening and how you react and it's in that space that the power lives and you're either going to give that power to the other person by allowing them to control your reaction, or you're going to take that power in yourself and go, I'm okay, regardless of what's happening here. And so then uh, the, the big kind of uh, thing that you like to talk about is worthiness. So how does that link to worthiness? And when we use the idea of worthy and worthiness, what do you mean by it? Because I think that's always good to kind of get an idea of we all, <laughs> we all mean the same thing roughly by that word, because yeah. sometimes you say a word have completely different interpretations of it. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, getting clear on definitions is huge. Even if I don't agree with your definition of something, at least I know we're talking about the same thing. Try having a conversation with somebody about feminism. 
it means everything different to everybody. It's, it's, it's such a huge word. And I think worthiness can be that way as well. You know, some people think that if I just say positive affirmations, it increases my worthiness. And, and it's not quite that. I think worthiness is, if we can think of it like building a house, it is that foundation that we're building. There is no point in doing any self-help work. There's no point in having conversations if we do not understand where our worth is coming from. So when we think about it, uh, we are miracles, like not necessarily in this God, Bible, religious kind of way. If that's the, what works for you, totally fine, cool. Um, but this little tiny sperm found this little tiny egg and made you. Like, that is incredible. We never look at a baby and go, mm, yeah, no, not a miracle. We don't. We look at this baby and we're like, whoa. And I don't care if it's a baby dog, if it's a baby lizard, if it's a baby, baby human. It doesn't matter. We look at this and we marvel at the fact that this life has been created. And that is worthiness. That's all you need. And what happens is then we are born, we come out into this world and the world tells us we're just not good enough. We're not smart enough, pretty enough, strong enough, tall enough fast enough, any of these enoughs. We get it through the media and through our fairy tales and our teachers and our siblings and our parents. And it's not like they're all out to get us. They're only doing what they think is right in the moment. But it puts us in a position where we are now trying to get our worth and prove our worth. So there's two ways we get our worthiness, either internally, I am okay regardless of what is happening out there because I was born a miracle and that is all the proof I need of my worth or we're getting it externally, I need to convince you I'm right. I need to convert you. I need to prove to you. I need to put you down. I need to do all of these things so that I can feel good in the moment, but that's not sustainable. And we're giving our happiness away every single time we do that. Mm, I love that you, that you brought it back to the, the babies because I think, and there will obviously be some exceptions to this, but I think most people, if they see a baby, think of it, a human baby, they're not going to be like, oh, like you said, oh, well, you're not whatever enough that, oh, there's not much, you're not going to amount to much in life. There's so much possibility because it's, it's like this, this new life, it's a blank canvas of whatever their life will be. There's so much possibility, but yes, that we lose somewhere um, along the way and we, we get all that kind of external noise of I need to be this if I am this, people will like me. And I, and I, you know, my background's in education and the number of young people I've worked with who have something that has come from maybe their peers, but quite often from parents of that kind of conditional love type thing. If I am this, then I will be love or, you know, and, and, you know, do you, do you see a lot of that with, with people, um, that you work with or with worthiness that of things that have come from childhood things they've picked up from those kind of conditional relationships that then they're carrying with them. Oh yeah. Everything, everything that runs through our head has been something that has happened to us in the past. And at some point it becomes our responsibility. If we want to live in this empowered internal worthiness state to say, I have to stop giving my happiness back to that situation. So if you think about it, it, I was talking to a woman one time and she said she was sitting in the back of the car and she overheard her parents saying how good and quiet she was. Like she was just sitting back there and she's just so good. She's just so quiet. And she lost her voice in that moment because she thought her value was tied to her being a good, quiet girl. At some point in her life, though, she had to take ownership of this and say, I do have a voice. And I want to exercise it. I was born with it. Did her parents mean anything by that? No, they thought they were praising her, right? They thought that this was like, oh, it's so peaceful. And she's so great. And she's part of this piece. And this is wonderful. So when we think about all of the things we say and do, um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And she's like, I don't control my husband. I told him he could go golfing. I'd let him. And then she was like, oh, I let him, right? Like, so, you know, it becomes that we place so much importance on these random things that other people say and do when they have no meaning behind it at all. And at some point, if we want them and what they inadvertently said or did to stop owning us, we have to go, okay, enough. I had a story wrapped around that. I need to create space between that 
my story and my happiness. Yeah, I think that's, that's the, the idea of the stories is, is so important because we, yeah, we tell ourselves stories about everything. And, and I, um, I often say that, you know, you might be doing something for someone like letting, you know, letting your husband play golf or you think you're, you're bending over backwards to make someone happy and you're doing something for them. But we never sort of say, oh, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing this for you. You know, do you appreciate it? And it could be that they, one, don't notice, two, don't care. Three, they just kind of tolerate this thing that you're doing for them. And you're, you're kind of not enjoying it. You're doing it out of some sense of obligation. But that is just a story we've told ourselves, which may or may not be based in the reality of the situation. Yeah, you're not even asking that other person if this is what they want for you or they want for themselves, right? It's, you know, when we buy a present for somebody and we're like, oh, I really love this. So I'm going to give it to them. And they're like, this means nothing to me. I don't even understand. And then we're disappointed, right? Because we've got that story wrapped around it. So I invite people to consider the fact that maybe there is no truth. What if all of it is just a story? a story they're telling themselves, a story you're telling yourself, a story that's being impacting, the story that is impacting your life without you even being aware that it's being told, right? The story that's happening on social media. When we look back and tell somebody the story of something that's happened in our past, we're only remembering the bits that are important to us. Then what is the story that supports those bits that are important to us to carry those bits forward and not the other bits, right? So what if none of it's true. What if that thing our parents said to us when we were a kid and we took it so personally, what if that's not true? Yeah, I I don't know if you're a Brené Brown fan, um, but I watched her Netflix uh, talk that she did. And she was st- saying that uh, with her husband now, she'll say, the story I'm telling myself is to see, to, to, to check. And I think that is brilliant to just sort of phrase it. This is the story I'm telling myself. Is it right? I haven't yet done it with my partner <laughs> because I think he'll be like, what are you on about? But um, well, my friend point- did that. Like she, well, she used to, she's now since passed, but she used to say, what I think I hear you trying to say is now she didn't always do that in the kindest of heart kind of way. Cause sometimes it was implying that I didn't know what I was trying to say, but it always really tuned me into the fact that what I'm trying to say is not what they're trying to hear. Right. Yeah. And Renee Brown is, is brilliant. I love her. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think that's, we, yeah, we don't check the stories. We don't check the understanding, the, the definition. Are we arguing about something and we're coming from completely different places? Um, yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, this is a whole thing that we can talk about for ages. But well, so and fun- we're also not really even looking into, the, like when we think we have a story, like when I think I have a story about you and I say, oh, no, no, you can't possibly believe that, Hannah, this is wrong. I am actually discounting you and your X number of years of being on this rock floating through the sky um, that has led you to this place that you believe what it is. So when I tell you you're wrong, when I tell you that you should be agreeing with me, I'm actually discounting you as a human. Yeah. And I think so many of the discussions we have, particularly around beliefs, if we've got very different beliefs, quite often we start from you're wrong. And trying to convince someone of your perspective when you start with, you're wrong, it's never going to work because already they're, you know. Well, and our beliefs are so wrapped up in how we think our beliefs define us. And that's backwards. We need to define our beliefs, right? And we do that by exploring and understanding where it comes from. Like I used to be very vocal about being pro-choice. But that was because pro-choice meant to me freedom and choice and righteous indignation. I was a single mom on welfare. I had no freedom. I had limited choices. I certainly wasn't allowed to have righteous indignation, right? Because I was just a drain on society. And so I attached myself to this belief in a much louder way than was necessary so that I could fill those things in myself. Am I still pro-choice? Sure. Do I need a soapbox anymore? No. Can I have a conversation now with somebody who's pro-life? Absolutely. Do I value those conversations in ways that I never could before? For sure. But I had to get to a place that I was okay, regardless of what their belief was. Yeah. And so um, you said that that this idea of worthiness of of being okay, regardless of of what's going on outside uh, being the foundation and that whatever we've gone through before is kind of all, you know, impacting us. So thinking about then going forward, 
what impact does it have if we are not in a place of feeling worthiness for ourselves? And then how can we move to a place of feeling worthy? Yeah, so I think great and great questions. I think what happens is when we um, find ourselves in a place where we are getting our worth externally, we will live in that victimhood neighborhood right? We will be expecting other people to fix our stuff. We will be giving away our happiness. We will lose out on the moment because we're focused on what can we get out of this. When we can get to a place where we are in touch with our worthiness, we get to find this place of neutrality where we get to observe and we get to control which person is coming through that narrow road, um, right? We, we have a different type of awareness we can be more patient with people. We can be more loving. We can be, become more informed, right? Because we're willing to have those really, really great juicy conversations without having to prove ourselves. And there is this solidness that comes with, I am okay. That having been said, we're not going to be that way 100% of the time. It's just, it's just we, there's too much junk. There's too many voices in our heads. There's too many things that have been said that because they were said on a random Tuesday, they hurt our feelings. And if they were said on a Thursday, they wouldn't have, right? There's too much of that stuff. We're going to fall into those traps. I work with this stuff all the time. And I find myself on a daily basis going, whoa, that sounded like a victim statement. Whoa, I just felt like that person should fix my life. Whoa, right? Like, if we can aim for maybe 60% of the time we are solid in our worthiness, that is amazing. And then be gentle with ourselves on the times that we're not. And so it's one of these things, it sounds like, okay, yes, it's great. I need to, I need to feel worthy and I need to feel that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Which sounds, it sounds lovely. It sounds simple. <laughs> but as simple, often, not easy. Yeah. That's often the way things that sound simple aren't easy. So how can we, move to that 60%, how can we move, um, how can we develop our worthiness? All right. It's about creating that space between whatever is happening and how we react. And when we can create some, that space, we can ask ourselves, where is my worth coming from right now? Why am I having this argument? Why does their point of view matter to me? Why do I believe what I believe? Like, where is my worth coming from and just asking yourself like when you're having a fight with your spouse if you just kind of take a step back and go what is going on here where's my worth coming from and how am I contributing to this right it gives you that space it's what it does is it interrupts your thought pattern of fight it interrupts it it creates that that um that it's breathing room uh, I have a free five-step process on my website that you can check it out. It's called Brave. Uh, the first step is breathing. And I know we hear about breathing all the time. And, uh, and I used to just be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I had somebody explain to me that when you are being triggered by something, that trigger usually lasts about four to seven seconds. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and you go, <gasps> that lasts about four to seven seconds. And then you're in story. So if as soon as that person cuts you off, you can go, okay, I need to breathe and take like 10, 20 deep breaths. That's going to move you past the four to seven seconds. That is going to create that space where you get to decide who am I in this moment? Where do I want to go? What do I want the outcome to be? Why does this matter to me? I am telling a story about this person cutting me off that he's just a jerk or she's just a jerk. Maybe they just found out somebody's in the hospital and they're trying to get to their bedside. Changes everything when we change that story. And so, but it does come with that giving ourselves that opportunity to have consciousness in that moment to respond. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for that. I don't know if you've ever read The Chimp Paradox. No, tell Uh, me. Oh, it's a great book and and it kind of conceptualizes the mind as the sort of the chimp brain, which is that very emotional, quick response. And then the human brain, which is our more logical one that kind of comes in. And so in that situation, like you said, there's four to seven seconds, that's chimp. It's like the emotional reaction, survival mode. If it's something you've experienced before, there's like a script that will maybe run. It'll go, oh, look, we've done this before. This is how we'll respond. Um, But yeah, if you can build in that space, then your human mind comes in and goes hang on 
wait, <laughs> maybe there's a different interpretation, like you said. Um, and it's quite a long book, but it's it's fab. I definitely recommend it to people. I've, I have before, but I loved it. And I'm a real psycho- psychology geek and I love the brain generally. But it, it's a really kind of understandable model. And it really helps to to think about that. Yeah, mm. that we we can be really emotional in our reactions and they can actually not really make sense sometimes if we take that pause mm-hmm. to really think about them. So. Yeah. yeah, well, I just wrote it down. It's going to go on yeah. my Audible list. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So um, before I move on to my set questions, I wonder if you have a, a final thought on worthiness that you'd like to share with us. Uh, yeah, I think just maybe ask yourself, who do I want to be in this moment? Like, know you are worthy. Know you are miraculous just simply because of the fact that you are here. If you need evidence of it, you can look at your body and the way it moves and how you can pick up things. Like, that is crazy cool right so if you can get to that place where you can acknowledge the fact that simply by being here you're miraculous then you get to decide who you are in all of your interactions yeah it's the um the opposable thumbs that that takes so much brain power so just like tap your all each of your fingers in turn on your thumb and just go like wow (laughs) the brain power to do that you know the veins in your hands the way those little tiny bones move and it's like how many times you actually sit there and look at your hand, mm. right? And then when you get bored of your hand, which could take 10 years, because right? <laughs> there's so much to see, move on to another body part. Like when you look at people's expressions and how that happens without even knowing your lungs, all of that, like, oh, it is so, it's evidence everywhere that you're a miracle. Mm. Amazing. Thank you for that. And thank you for, for sharing about worthiness and, and some really great practical ideas for, for, um, for people and some reflections for people to do, which is fab. So yes, I have some set questions I ask everyone and I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. And the first one is what brings you joy in your life? Oh, it's interesting because somebody asked me this the other day and um, it was all sort of tied up in what makes us feel attractive. And I said, you know, I really love feeding people. I love it when people come over and I cook and I can make some margaritas and I can, so I'm really missing a lot of that right now, but there is something I find so nurturing about feeding people. And I guess now I get to feed them with information, uh, but feeding people. And then of course, travel again, which is diminished right now. So it's, it's a real challenge for me to find a lot of joy when a lot of what I enjoy doing and brings me joy is, is not um, accessible right now. And I guess that's something that maybe a lot of listeners are experiencing as well. Have you been able to find things that are maybe not quite as good as having friends over for a dinner party, but still gives you that little spark of, of joy? Yeah, it's, um, it has been challenging. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's been, and I'm, I'm surprised because I'm pretty introverted. Um, but I've just had to try to get present in the moment. Like I have a little tripod dog. And so you know, I get to now marvel in him and how he is able to just go through his day. He doesn't even know his leg is missing. He doesn't, you know, it's been gone since he, he got hit by a car when he was a puppy and then I adopted him. But so he doesn't know and I get to watch him and I get to find joy in that. And so joy is such an important thing and joy is a choice right? I, we get to stop and smell the flowers. I built a greenhouse. And so now I get to watch all these little green babies grow. I don't even like vegetables, but I really love seeing the sprouts come up and just that perseverance. And it's incredible. So it's marveling in those moments when we can't always get what we want. We can focus, I can focus on why I'm not traveling and get really upset about all of that, or I can find other things to add to my joy bucket. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. And yeah, I love the idea of yeah, seeing things grow. And, um, and I guess these, these things that are building that space and being able to take that pause is kind of like growing something. You have to keep watering it and it takes a while for you to see anything come from it. But then suddenly you're like, oh, <laughs> where did that yeah. come from? Yeah. And then there's a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Damn. Again, <laughs> miraculous, right? Like that. Yeah. A plant has worthiness, like it has value. Um, so when we can yeah. take that away from, I have this house, I have this you know, car, I have this, my nails done all the time, I have all of this stuff, that external, and we realize that everything around us has a miraculous worth, 
um, it's a, it becomes a little bit easier to see our own. Yeah, amazing. And so then my next question, sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's not, which is always interesting, uh, is what makes your life meaningful? Oh, conversations like this. And, you know, I, I value so much for you taking the time and having me on your show because I think when we can have these moments where we can explore and talk and educate and learn, uh, that is what's going to heal humanity. That is what is going to move us from this disconnected state to a connected state, both externally and internally. Yeah, fab. Um, and then my next one, I'm, I'm trying to remember all my questions. I've sort of <laughs> went from having them written down to now they're mostly in my head. <laughs> So my next yeah. one is um, the, the kind of overarching aim of, uh, of the podcast is about mental wellness and, and kind of mental well-being. Um, and I think, as we've sort of said, worthiness is completely linked to that. Although maybe I'm like spoiling your answer by <laughs> bringing that up. <laughs> um, but I have two questions around this. And the first one is, what does mental wellness mean to you? I think mental wellness is getting to that place where you're solid inside. Again, it's again, the, yes, the worthiness, because I can't be honest with you if I don't value, if I'm not internally sound, because then it becomes manipulation. You know, we were talking about Brene Brown earlier and all that work that she does around vulnerability. If I am not solid in who I am um, and what my needs are and where my worth is coming from, my vulnerability becomes manipulation. I am going to tell you the story so that you can feel sorry for me, so that you can give me what you want, so that I feel more powerful because I have a bigger horror story than you do, whatever the case may be. And so a lot of the vulnerability that I see people engaging in is a draw to get worth and it's not sustainable. And so good mental health comes from that. It's the same as the house, strong foundation. And that strong foundation comes from understanding your worth. Yeah. And then the follow-up then is how you look after your own mental well-being. So what you do for yourself to, to try and maintain that. Yeah. So to maintain my internal worth, I think it's, it's this constant and by constant, I don't mean drudgery. I mean, it's just this awareness, this ongoing awareness that I have, where's my worth coming from? Why am I feeling like this? And if I am feeling like a victim in a certain situation, I can explore that. I can give myself permission now to explore that. Back when I was living as a victim, I could never explore why I was feeling like a victim because it was an external problem. It was their stuff. Now I can kind of go, Oh, I'm feeling kind of yucky and inside. Where is that coming from? Why am I, what am I hoping to gain from this? And sometimes I just need space. Sometimes I need space in my life to heal from something. And sometimes I just need a kick in the butt going, come on now. Really? You need somebody else to fix that for you. Uh, just get off your butt and do it yourself. So it's that checking in. Um, and when I check in with myself, I'm actually engaging all of those bits and pieces, all of those personalities that are in my head. You know, the one that wants to like lash out and say something nasty. I can look at that part and I can say, I get how being nasty right now might make you feel good in the moment, but I don't think that's how we want to show up. So I can have these conversations with those parts of myself. And when I do, those parts of myself get quieter because they know they're being recognized. They're all part of me and I'm not pretending anymore that they're not. I am just having conversations with them while they're sitting in the back of the bus. I'm still driving the bus. I'm still deciding what direction we go with it. Yeah, I love that. And I think particularly the, the voice that wants to lash out, because I think it's something we all have, but a lot of us don't want to admit that we have that part. It's like all the, the kind of you know, negative dark sides of, of humanity. We're like, oh, no, 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 I don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah. But, but we do. And my dark, nasty vocal stuff, but that was really well explored uh, and so for me I know it's a go-to when I'm not feeling healthy when I'm not feeling healthy I last out and then it's not good for the people around me it's not good for me uh, and so whenever I get that that voice is getting louder then I have to have that conversation and truthfully sometimes that voice wins but I made being nasty a bit of an art form <laughs> mm. 
And I, I was said, a very unhappy teenager. I, I honed that nasty teenager skill very, very well. And, um, but then I got to the place where I realized that's not who I want to be. I took that time to create that space. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the, the 60% that sometimes it will come out, you'll lash out. But then I guess having that responsibility, you can reflect and go, ooh, maybe that wasn't how I wanted to act. And actually, maybe I have caused some upset. So what am I going to do about it? Rather than, well, you pushed me. So it's your own fault, yeah. really. And sometimes I have that conversation with myself and I'm like, yeah, no, being mean right now, that's, that's who I want to be in this moment. And later date, I can reflect back. Um, but I think sometimes there are certain times I'll see something and somebody is being rude to somebody who can't stick up for themselves. And I can be like, no, not, not okay. Like you're being a dick right now. Right. Have, have you ever watched What Would You Do? Have you um, watched that show? I've heard of it. Yeah, I, I've shown it to students before doing psychology for the idea of that bystander thing. And they set up these scenarios where someone, um, an actor, has another actor uh, basically being really horrible to them because of some characteristic. It could be because of gender or race or they have a disability or whatever. And to see what people do. And there's some people who are like, oh, I'm not going to interview. And there are some people and they let out that, <laughs> that side of them. So like, that is not okay. And I'm going to tell you that it's not mm-hmm. okay. And actually that's really nice to see when it's people going, I'm mm-hmm. going to stand up for someone. And yeah. You know, the, the double-edged sword on that though, is when we speak up for somebody, we may actually be victimizing them because we're not holding them capable of speaking up for themselves and we are not giving them the experience that they need in order to learn how to stick up for themselves. So I'm always, because everything's a double-edged sword and mm-hmm. I always want to explore both sides, I sometimes will catch myself and go, is, am I taking away from an experience this person is supposed to have? Mm-hmm. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, but then is this how I want to show up? And then, but mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> so I seriously have a lot of conversations in my head with all of the different voices that have an opinion about these sorts of things you know I think it's not that much different than if you're driving down the road you're stopped at a red light there's somebody there with a sign saying money please and somebody gives them a granola bar they were really clear they asked for money right with their sign it said money please and then the person in the car thought they knew what they needed more and gave them a granola bar like Mm -hmm. how many times in our life do we think we know better what somebody else wants, mm-hmm. right? It's, and then who are we to interrupt their journey of like, it's, it becomes very fascinating. But as you get more and more into that internal worth, you get to explore these ideas more. You get to explore that. Am I intruding when I shouldn't mm-hmm. be? Should I be intruding here? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh and again, yeah. I'm with you on that whole psychology. I have a psychology, sociology, criminology background. So for yeah. me, I'm like, yeah, this is juicy stuff. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, that's a really interesting perspective. And I think in, in those videos, in that situation, it plays out over time that this person is relentless and the person tries standing up for themselves and it doesn't work. But yeah, I think that you, that's very true that we can be quick to think, well, you need this and I, I know best so I'm going to do it so yeah I think that's a really valid point so yeah yeah and it's not to create paralysis by analysis either right because if we get too deep into this we'll never get out of bed in the morning because we might step on a bug that could have ramifications for world order right we can take ourselves down that rabbit hole and that's not what this is about this is about playing on the fringe and just saying huh what's the domino effect in all of this? Where is this going to go? And should I check in? Hey, do you want me to step in here for a moment? Maybe we start with that. And then if the person's like, yeah, please, like, I don't know what to do here. Or if they're like, mind your own business. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. At least we're asking for permission to get involved. Mm. And I think actually some of the best examples, they do that. They say, are you okay? Or some, they just kind of show solidarity for that person. Like, I don't agree with what this person's saying. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I think that's something um, that, that lots of people, and I think I've seen it particularly with people who are disabled, that people will just start, they'll just like grab their arm if, if they're blind, for example, and help them cross the road. They're like, I'm going to help you. So hello, don't just touch me. But, and, and think you know what I need. That yeah. There seems to be that thing like, well, I'm, I'm helping you. So I'm just going to do it rather than 
saying, hey, do you need any support? How would you like to be helped? We, yeah, we can be quick to jump in and like, we know what you need. And that has to do with where is your worth coming from? right? It is a different experience saying to a blind person, excuse me, do you, are you trying to cross the road? Do you need help? And have giving them the power to say yes or no, that's internal worth at play, right? Because whether they say yes or no has no bearing on who I see myself to be. But going up and grabbing somebody's arm, that is so that I can tell people I helped a blind person across the road and aren't I a good person? That is a prime example about how we can get our worth in a really unhealthy way. Yeah. See, we've gone, we've gone off on like another tangent now, but it's, it's, it's great. It's all the same, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so my next question uh, is, can you describe your mindset? <laughs> it depends on the moment. <laughs> um, I think like everything else, it's fluid. I don't know if we can actually create balance. Um, I think we, we spent a lot of time talking about work-life balance and mindset balance and balance and balance. I don't think it's possible. I think some days our mindset's great. Some days it's not. Some days we're healthy. Some days we're not. Some moments we're healthy. Some moments we're not. And I think it just becomes more about this overarching direction we want to go in right? Getting really clear on the impact we want to make in the world and around us and how we want to feel internally more often than not. And we just head in that direction and know that we're going to have some detours and we're going to have good days and bad days and to just be gentle with ourselves. Like we are humans having this human experience and we're not going to always get it right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is a pressure we put on ourselves a lot of I have to be right. I can't, can't make mistakes. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, we are going to get things wrong. That's just life. So. And it's beautiful. Like if I didn't screw up things in my life, I never would have gotten to where I am. Right. We need mm-hmm. those screw ups in order to have those successes. And now when something comes along and it's, it feels yucky, I now step into it and go, Ooh, something juicy is going to come out of this. There is a good thing that's because the world wants a balance, right? So when something negative moves in, something positive has to come in after. And so it is just this, again, this back into the flow. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So then my next question, and, and we've already uh, given some uh, sort of practical ideas, but we like to leave the listeners with some practical ideas of things that they can try. So do you have between one and three top tips that you would recommend that people try out for themselves? Yeah, I would first find that space. Like that is critical. Give yourself room to make a choice. Uh, That is probably the number one thing that I encourage people to do. The second thing is just start being kind to yourself. Love yourself like you would love a child. Love yourself like you would love a puppy or, you know, just know that, you know, you don't throw your puppy out because it peed on the floor. You just teach them to do better next time. And if we can be gentle with ourselves that way, which is different than giving ourselves permission to be idiots, right? There is still a responsibility that goes along in that and moving towards that direction and have fun, find things to play with. Um, Take time to marvel. You know, I had a client one time and she was saying she walks down the street and if she sees a weed in the cracks in the sidewalk, she marvels at its survival, its perseverance, its ability to thrive. If we can start getting outside of our own pain, our own stories in our head to just marvel, uh, I think it's, uh, it's a great, it's just a great way to go through life, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Awesome. And then my very last question is where people can connect with you. And I know you mentioned that you had um, a, a free five day uh, resource, if you can remind us of that as well, and where people can find you online. Yeah, Domino Thinking is the easiest. You can find everything you need to know about me there. There's a contact form. If you need to, if you have any questions about anything I've said, please reach out. Don't leave it hanging. I answer all of my emails and uh, so I'm happy to get them. So please feel free to reach out there. And then there's, it's not a five day thing. It's a five step. Um, And it's a rinse and repeat kind of thing. You can do it over five days. (laughs) <laughs> but the more you practice it, the, the easier it becomes. And it's called Brave. And it's right on the front page of my website. 
and you can definitely go there. I offer a course about worthiness, how we find it. It's called Reclaim Your Worth, and that's also in there. Awesome. Yeah, I had five in my head. Like five something. Five, yeah. five days, five steps. Five so, something. Yeah. Five, five, five something. works. <laughs> that five. That five thing that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. We can't always get right. It, it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well, that's something. I mean, you know, I think there will have been times in my life when I wasn't as much in my worth now and I'd be like, oh my God, I said completely the, the wrong thing. What are they gonna think that I wasn't listening? And now I'm like, oh well, I said five days. <laughs> well, and there would have been a time that I would have just let it go. And been like, oh, when they get to the website, they'll figure it out. I shouldn't, do you know? But now it's like, hey, I honor you enough to to say, yeah, no, this is what it is. And we're good, right? It doesn't matter. And I love that you brought that up because that's how easy those horrible voices in our head can try robbing us of our worth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, and I, yeah, I think it's like, like you said, there's both ways that uh, being, yeah, being okay with it. And like you said, it's, saying actually that wasn't quite right but not being angry about it because i think sometimes people go the other way like well how dare they no yeah and it's it's and there will be different days when like what was it you said at one point that on a tuesday it'll be fine and thursday it won't that some days yeah you'll be really sensitive and think i couldn't get anything right i was tripping over my words or yeah it's it's very it flows i mean no one can see this but i'm doing a swaying motion with my hands (laughs) that that I think that's the thing. Life is always in flow, and and uh, and it will and it will change. But it's yeah, so much of it. Yeah, you've said so much amazing stuff today. About I'm not going to repeat it all now because I would just be here for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been such a delight having this conversation with you, and yeah. for you providing this space to have this conversation. And I know it. I know it changes when we when we absorb information, when we see things differently that is where that beautiful transformation can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Alison. I have loved speaking with you. I've loved all the kind of, all the places that we've gone. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Alison for joining me. And I loved this conversation. I felt we went off on lots of tangents, which are, happens quite a lot on the podcast but I really enjoy it when when things are just sparked and um, we explore all kinds of different things I find it fun hopefully you find it fun and beneficial as well and I guess I just want to finish I I mentioned at the beginning and I've sort of been talking about this thinking about a new year and I want to touch on this idea of new year new you that you quite often see around and I did see recently and to be honest last year I kind of played into it a little bit that kind of this idea but I think personally you know I don't want to be a new me next year I think that kind of comes into that worthiness a little bit doesn't it that kind of actually I'm okay as I am yes there are things I want to improve um there may be things I don't want to keep with me next year but I really for me, it's about being more, oh, this is a word that's thrown around a lot, isn't it? But more authentically myself, more connected to myself, more grounded in myself and able to kind of show up and to sort of let go of some of that, that fear and the judgment towards myself, to be kinder to myself, to be more nurturing and to know that I'm okay regardless of everything else. So you you might have a different perspective. You might want to be new year, new you <laughs> kind of thing, which is absolutely fine if that's kind of where, where you're at with, with yourself and with your life. But yes, for me personally, it's it's not about being a new me. It's it's maybe being a better me, but also more me. It's something I've talked about with my, my depression before and kind of the journey that I've been on with that about kind of feeling like a completely different person, but also more myself which maybe doesn't really make much sense but (laughs) to me is that yeah that sense of feeling different but more me more in tune more authentic and and for me that is what I'm moving forward into 2021 thinking about and personally I I don't really set intentions because they don't really work for me um as I think I've spoken about before um a few years ago when I started my recovery journey I guess for want of a better term 
I set myself some questions. The, what happens if I don't give up? And what happens if I stop worrying what people think? Um, and I, I think the power of the question is amazing because it's much more open. It's fueled with, filled with curiosity. It's creative, whereas a statement and intention can be quite fixed. You know, you can achieve it or not. There's not much wiggle room, but a question is just really, really open-ended. And and I found for me, they really worked before. And to be honest, actually thinking about what I want for myself for the new year, they're pretty good questions to stick with. I might have a little think about if there are, if there are any others that I'm going to be working on answering this year. And actually, that's my, my starting point. And then I will set myself some goals uh, to think about. And actually, I'm just grabbing my bullet journal, which I've been drawing up, which I don't, um, I've had for a while, but never really done. And part of what I'm going to be thinking about going forward is gratitude, something we've talked about a lot, but having more of a regular practice around that. And also increasing my self-awareness more by reflecting. So thinking about things that are working well for me, things that aren't working well, areas of growth, lessons that I've learned and really, I guess, checking in with myself and having a process for that. And so I am setting goals, um, partly to, to focus, I think. When I've completely gone away from goals, I can be a bit kind of all over the place <laughs> and um, and not feel so uh, engaged. So for me, I'm starting with those questions, those big things I want to explore and answer and discover. And then I'm I'm setting these goals and focusing. But for me, they're not going to be rigid. It's going to be something I check in with monthly on, you know, my goals for the month, kind of what's happening and adapt that kind of, is it working? Is it not? Is it what I really want still? Rather than just kind of following that path because I've set myself on that um, that motion. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about going into a new year. I'd be really curious how, what you do, what you do for a new year. If you reflect on the past year, if you think about setting intentions or goals or what, or resolutions or whatever for, for going forward, um, I'd be really curious. But this is what I am doing and planning to do. I have been drawing up my um, my bullet journal and kind of thinking about the process. But we will see what happens with following it because sometimes life happens. Um, but it's something for myself, that idea of being more engaged, more taking more personal responsibility and um, connecting with myself is something I think that I want to be focusing on and, and working on next year even more. Um, I feel like this year, actually, I've, I've laid some really good groundwork in my self-care and my relationship with myself and my physical activity. And next year, I want to kind of build on that. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, as I said, I'd be really curious to know for you where you're at and what your kind of New Year rituals uh, look like. So if you want to send me a message and let me know, we are at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E Coaching on everywhere, uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we'd also love to hear if you've got a highlight from the year, a favourite episode, uh, then you know set up a story on Instagram tag us let us know your favorite episode again we we love to hear from you it really means a lot um and I guess the the final thing uh, that I'll share is um I'm I'm running a coaching offer I think I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago but I'm working on my official accreditation as a life coach transformational life coach so I have a special offer on um, so if you are curious about coaching and the impact that it could have for you um, and you want to have a, a free, no no obligation, I never really know how to describe it. Basically, basically, it's like a trial session, to be honest, um, a 45 minute session to actually be coached by me to kind of see what it's like to ask questions um, and to see if it's for you. As I said, absolutely no obligation 
Um, but I know I do have a special offer if you're interested in going on for three or six coaching sessions or more. Um, but if you, yeah, if you're kind of, I don't know, want to want to start off the year exploring coaching or just getting a bit of clarity and focus for yourself and are interested in a complimentary coaching session, and it is a session, it's not just a call and whatever, it's real coaching, uh, then probably the best way, because uh, I haven't set up my calendar yet, <laughs> I'll do that next year, um, is to drop me an email, Hannah S, H-A-N-N-A-H-S, at psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E, dot co dot U-K. Drop me an email saying uh, that you want to find out more about the coaching session, um, that you listen to it here, um, and that would be amazing to sort out and coach you, um, as well as just be in your ear. <laughs> so that is that. And I guess my final thing I want to say is well done for kind of getting here. Um, you know, 2020, I mean, there's so much that people have said about it, isn't it? About uh, how it's been unprecedented and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it has been a strange, tough time. It has taken a toll, I think, on a lot of us, a lot of our mental well-being, our well-being generally. Um, lots of the things that, as I've said, can can feel part of who we are uh, or help us to to maintain our well-being uh, may have been trickier to do. So I just want to take a moment to kind of acknowledge that we've got here, <laughs> we've got to this point and you may be feeling great, you may be feeling excited about the new year, you may be feeling a bit meh, you may be really struggling but we are here um, and just to to acknowledge the strength and the resilience that has got us here. You know, I think, as I've said before, <laughs> I find people really interesting. We're a strange creature uh, in many ways, but we are very adaptable and resilient and strong, um, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Um, and I think just getting to this point, we've we've shown all of those traits. Um, and I think the fact that we are all of those things and compassionate and caring and creative I I don't know what 2021 is going to bring but I think that um that we are doing awesome um considering everything and and I hope that that things that things improve into 2021 um we'll still be here putting out our twice weekly episodes that hopefully offer some kind of support or comfort or whatever you um you get from them but I just think it's really important to to acknowledge ourselves and and where we've where we are and what we've been through, and to as always be kind to ourselves and give ourselves a little bit of grace. If if looking back on twenty twenty, you're feeling there's so much I haven't done. If you what, however you're feeling, really, just having some grace towards yourself with that showing yourself a little bit of kindness and those around you um and I guess trying to have some hope for for what is to come but yes as always kindness that I think has been the one of the themes of the year I've talked about a lot heard about a lot um and I hope that we don't lose that going into next year um but my my final thing I want, want to say is thank you so much for for tuning in whether this is your first episode whether you've listened all year whether you are listening to this catching up and we're wherever we are in 2021 or even later um but just thank you for listening for supporting the podcast as i've said as i'll continue to say it really does mean a lot um i really hope that you get something from it um that is in some way a positive uh, influence or Im- impact uh, in your life um that's what it's all about so thank you for uh, making being one of the highlights of my 2020 and I really hope you stay with us through 2021 have a good rest of the week um next week we're d- diving into a topic that is uh, something uh, I often come back to the need for me to do it which is decluttering 
um I think a good way for me personally to start the year I don't know about you I don't want to sort of suggest it's how you have to start the year but um I guess we are maybe playing into the new year tropes a little bit of like oh new year um but um a fab fab conversation uh, with Ingrid from the Declutter Hub so join us on Monday for that have a good rest of 2020 um I love you all thank you for listening take care of yourself be kind to yourself and I will speak to you next week next year um bye for now <laughs>